Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Guys, I was out yesterday. Kind of, it was surprisingly loud in the press box for some reason. So I wanted to hop on, kind of give some takes uh, as much as I could, but I could not. I have a few thoughts from yesterday. I am a bit concerned moving moving ahead to Penn State. I am definitely concerned. There are some legitimate concerns there with our team. I'm not panicking though. I don't think there's I don't think it makes sense to panic, but there is there is just cause for concerns. I want to do start I want to start with the things that I was proud of and some things that were positive. First thing I want to start with is TJ Finley. And had a chance to talk with a few of the players after the game. Papo, Jarvis Johnson, um, even TJ Finley himself. And they all said that at the half, TJ got with the players, defense, offense, and says, guys, let's cut out the mistakes. I got y'all. Let's, let's, let's come out and play some ball. They all corroborated that story. And TJ had a good second half running the offense, leading the offense. After he threw the pick, he was a different TJ. Shouldn't have thrown the pick, but he, we saw leadership. And in moments like that, you want to know who your leaders are, who's going to rally the team, who's going to rally the troops, who's going to go out there and play ball. TJ Finley did that. I was happy to see that. I was happy with our run game for the most part. Tank didn't have the game he had during, during Mercer, but we had a, we saw a running back by committee. I was I was pleased with Damari Austin with the opportunities he got. He had a very big run. We saw the explosiveness that we was raved about when we were recruiting him. Hunter had another good game as usual. Robbie Ashford was Robbie Ashford when he got the ball in open space. So I like what we saw there with the running game. Run defense was, for the most part, solid. I think their opposing quarterback was keeping us honest with his arm and legs so we couldn't play downhill against him on the read option as much as we wanted to. But I run defense for the most part. And there, and there were some moments in our secondary I was pleased with. You guys pointed it out yesterday. Keontae Scott was balling. 
Um, I was I was pleased with DJ James as well from what I saw in the in the, in the press booth. So there were some things that definitely point out there. Here are my concerns. My concerns with this team is focus. Mm-hmm. We, we talked with Harson and well, say what you want about Brian Harson. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like his offense. But one thing you cannot accuse him of is being dishonest. Right. He described practice this last week as being decent. Which tells mm. me those guys were not locked in. The mistakes, the miscues, the poor execution, that's a focus problem. And so I salute TJ for stepping up in the locker room and saying, hey, guys, let's go ball. But my question is, why did it take you being down three points to an inferior opponent for you to decide, hey, let's go out and play? That should have been there the first half. And my concern is not against Penn State because teams that tend to have a focus problem have a tendency to play up and down to their opponent. I'll be surprised to see this next week against Penn State because I think these guys understand how big of a game that is. Mm -hmm. What concerns me is when a Western Kentucky comes into town or Missouri comes into town. Mm -hmm. Are you going to take a week off that week because it doesn't appear to be a high-stakes game? Are we going to have a decent week of practice because it's not LSU, it's not Georgia. And so that's something that I want to keep an eye on with this team moving forward is our focus. Are we locked in? And this is a coach that pays attention to that and understands if we're going to play for championships, everything we do matters, and how you prepare throughout the week dictates how you play in the game. In fact, if you don't practice well throughout the week, we may not see you in the game. And so I think yesterday told a story to how locked in this team was, for sure. My other concern is the offense in terms of its identity. Now, in the offseason, they talked about being a rush, uh, a downhill rushing attack. We're running the ball. But I want to know, moving forward, how do we attack a Penn State? How do we use a Robbie Ashford? Because Robbie wants to be the quarterback. And I have a bit of a different take it's not really a wild take, but I really think Robbie has been a a an experiment of sorts these first two games. Mm. And I think because of his athleticism and his giftedness just with what he's able to do when he's in open field, I think obviously that got him on the field. But I think the reason he's been much of an experiment is because of my knowledge of this coaching staff. This coaching staff really does value people who are experienced in their in their system and offense. It's like an NFL franchise. They'll bring a guy in and they want him to learn the offense. And I my, and I ask myself if Ashford and I'm rooting for Ashford. I like the kid, but if Ashford didn't have those physical gifts, how much would he factor into this competition? Hmm. If he didn't have that ability with his feet. How much of him will we be talking about? Now, he'd still be the number two, probably. But Finley was the number two last year. And we didn't see him until the number one guy clearly couldn't play. And so my question is, is moving ahead to Penn State, teams that have good coaching, athletic like talent, how are you going to use him? Because you know Penn State's preparing for him. You know the LSUs are preparing for him. How does he factor in? What is this identity? 
I'm not saying we don't have one. I'm just curious to see what is it after two weeks, because it feels like we've been experimenting for two weeks with this offense. What will we see when we take the field against Penn State is my concern. And whatever it is we do, we got to be able to strike early. I don't want to have to come from behind with the offense that we've been toting out there. We're not built to come from behind with this offense. We got to strike early. At halftime, at halftime, I got the numbers here. San Jose State ran 40 plays to our 28. Right. They almost doubled us in time of possession. For all the issues and concerns we got with the defense, we can't leave them on the field, guys. I don't care who you're playing against. They will eventually figure the defense out. And so by the time they figure out the defense, we should be so far ahead that it's garbage points. But instead, we had a ball game last night. Yeah. Our offense can, and this has been the frustrating point with our defense. Like, we've had elite defenses over the past several years, but no one nationally would recognize it because we kept them on the field. They would give up points and yards that if they were not on the field as much, they would look just like the Georgias and the other other teams with great defenses that they that they praise. We got to figure out a way to keep our defense off the field. We got to win. We we can't lose time of possession to San Jose State. I'm sorry. And we can't continue to do that when we get in SEC SEC games and lose time of possession. Now, we guys talked about turnovers. I don't have to belabor that point. But we just got to figure out what this offense is really doing. And I don't I don't want to see us struggling the first several drives against Penn State, that's going to leave me really worried about what what we got on offense. But that's that's my thoughts. I rewatched some of the first half to see how how we got to the point where both guys threw an INT and how it looked. Um, in our post game, I think I, I said this, and now I'm more sure of it than ever. Whoever gets the time to control the offense and, and learn it and get better will be significantly improved the more they play. We're out of time. Time's up. The time to see what we can do, to see if a guy can take it, to, to, to see if TJ can take command and make the right reads and the right throws, the time is up. We would like more confidence going into Penn State, going into big boy play, that no matter who we threw out there, it was going to be the right decision. It was going to be the best player that we have for the job, or he was going to be the furthest along to at least far enough along in his development that we didn't have to worry about whether or not the floor was still low enough to cost us games. But what we've seen is that the floor is still low enough for TJ, even if it is a misread or a poor fundamental that results in a bad throw, it's still a turnover. It still costs us games. Robbie, he made a good read. He's every time he gets on the field, like C said, he's electric. He made a good read on the throw, bad throw, turnover. And it's why we were they were in the game with us for almost three whole quarters. Yeah. It, 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 that shouldn't be the case anymore. And where we are at right now, I, I'm, I understand. Like, I woke up feeling like, man, this feels like a loss. It feels like a loss. And it's not, it wasn't a loss, but it feels like a loss because I expected so much better of them after watching San Jose State on tape after seeing what we did well and didn't do well from the first game, expecting us to improve in certain ways, it feels like a loss. 
And I didn't expect to be feeling like that going into Penn State. Um, a lot of us had, we were either coming out of the first five games four and one or five and oh for, for most of us. And that I almost feel like I need to rethink that. And I'm not off. I'm I'm sticking with five and zero until I see us actually look terrible against the big teams. Because I am holding out hope that what they have game planned, what they have prepared, what they worked on in camp, were things that they're going to be utilizing more when we get into big boy play. So we will see if we truly were going vanilla for the sake of going vanilla and holding some back, or if what we saw was really the range of of floor to ceiling that we can expect. Mm-hmm. TJ looked better. After he threw the INT, came back in second half, different dude, right? He's coming along. He's improving in real time. We're watching him improve in real time, but we're out of time. So how much longer until he's the guy that he doesn't have to apologize for making the bad throw on the right read? He just makes the right throw. He just plants that foot and doesn't launch off the wrong foot. How much longer until he can say, oh, you know, I... Got rid of the ball. It slipped out of my hands. That was on me. I want us to be as consistent as possible. And it doesn't even have to be top, open, flying, 60-yard bombs. I would prefer us have no mistakes than us have 50-yard chunk plays. Because no mistakes is going to keep us on schedule. It's going to keep our defense rested. It's going to keep multiple people touching the ball. It's going to keep the offense looking fluid. And it's going to give us the best chance to win. 50-yard bombs are great, but if we're going to follow them up with INTs, we're going to hurt our defense, we're going to hurt our team, we're going to give the other team points. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I I wondered if we would be ready by the time we hit this point, and I'm not sure that we are, but it doesn't matter anymore. Now we're going to have to do it with real bullets flying, you know, that metaphor. Uh, It's going to have to be live action. You still have to improve week to week, but now all the games count. Now Brian Harson's job is at stake starting this week. This is where the evaluation starts in earnest. And I can't say either quarterback looks completely ready, but we got to go, man. So let's go. Uh, B-Will's forehead says their their coach was almost as giddy and excited as Mike G during Ike's Oregon rant. Uh, we will be fine. The team's atti- attitude is so refreshing this year. Uh, I want to get, uh, Ike, Mike, I want to get your thoughts, but I do want to address... I do want to address the player of the game because we tweeted that out this morning. Uh, the fans have responded. Warpore player of the game is Tank. Tank Bigs. Really interesting choice Tank. by the fans. But we'll we'll get your right. take on that, Mike. We'll get your take on that. Thirteen carries for fifty-one yards, a touchdown. Tough running for him. He had definitely had four catches and twenty-one yards. We got to see them use Tank uh, other than him lining up as a running back. And getting the ball, they actually tried to get him out in space a few times, and uh, he was very productive in that regard. But Mike G, you said a pretty interesting choice. Thoughts? I would have picked. I would have picked Eku or somebody on defense. I don't know that I, I would have gone Derek Hall on defense. Derek yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have nominated anybody on offense for player of the game in this one. Uh, that's just me, though. Um, I don't think they had the type of performance that you're. I mean, the inconsistencies were, were just too too many. Like, you know, nobody had a great game. Robbie Ashford was the, the leading rusher. But we nominated Tank for player of the game. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, that 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 feels off to me. Uh, in terms of storylines for this one, 
Um, you know, I just I'm I'm at the point where I just think we need to stop with the with the he played he played good until he didn't or he didn't play good and then he did play. That's the same conversation we had about the last quarterback. It's literally the same conversation. Inconsistencies just need to not be there. They need to be anomalous more than they are expected. That's where we're at with everybody on offense in general, but particularly because the quarterback is under the gun. Yeah, I just don't I don't I don't think it is particularly fair. We can't just look at we can't separate the good from the bad. It's all one package. You had the first half you had. Regardless of why you had it, you had it. Yeah. And the only reason we're talking about it in a positive light is because you won the game. Right? right? But against a better opponent, and when we're talking about a loss, we're frying that performance. Right. And that's fair. That's completely fair. So it's, 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 it's time to move on from that narrative. In my mind, I'm just, I'm like, hey, man, we just need to see consistency, period. Because we don't have, like, we saw inconsistencies all over college football yesterday. Some teams have transcendent players that help them overcome those things. I haven't seen that on this team yet this season. Who's pulling us out the hole? Who's supermaning us out the hole singularly? If we have a game where we're th- turning the ball over, we're doing all these things. If we played Penn State yesterday, we lose. Yeah. So significant improvement needs to happen between week two and week three if we're going to sit here and talk about a win in the aftermath. Now, again, uh, you know, the, the coaches say uh, the, uh, the quarterback gets, you know, too much, bl- uh, too much uh, blame, too much praise, and, you know, the, whatever the saying is. But you do. You touch, the, you touch the ball every play. And this goes for both quarterbacks. Right now, I mean, we got to win football games now, so youth and inexperience can no longer be excuses. Go out there and execute. I, my concern is, is that we're running a base form offense and they're having trouble executing a base form offense. Right. The, 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 the mistakes, the false starts, when I was cutting the film, the four straight penalties or whatever they had on the first, like, come on. What are we doing? To C's point about focus, that, that's a focus issue. Mm, yep. That is 100% a focus issue. And I don't care who it is. My guy, John Samuel Shanker, love John Samuel. Brother, you had a terrible game yesterday. Bruh, bruh. He tell, he, if he were here, he'd tell us that. So I don't have any issue saying that. And, you know, again, for everybody else, uh, uh, I think uh, we found out that Malcolm was hurt yesterday, which is why he didn't start at the Z. They put Koi out there. Uh, my gri- I don't have too many gripes with the receiver. Shed had a really disappointing holding penalty that was completely unnecessary. You know, some of the mistakes were, ju- were they were sophomoric and they were just not great. The pick by TJ, like, come on, man. The one by Robbie, too. Come on, man. Just bad reads. So, like, I, I don't, I just, I would caution, you know, this, you know, it's game two. And in, in college football, you, ha- you have to improve quickly. Or all the people who said we're a 500 football team are right. So, I mean, you know, before we have to start scaling back these predictions, you got to show improvement quickly, right? I don't, I'm not sure that they show that. I'm concerned as well, Caesar, going into week three. 
But I'm, you know, again, it's not that they can't improve. I, I still have more questions about play calling and game planning than I do about the players. I wonder why. Why was it they were able to come out after the half and execute the way they were, but not before? And if it's right. just simply not taking your opponent seriously, that's really disappointing. The team that got predicted to finish last in the West not taking an opponent seriously? Give me a break. They expected you to struggle. People were calling for us to lose this game. At halftime, I'm like, damn it. Were they right? <laughs> the excuses be damned. They have to improve quickly. Everybody has to improve. The game plan needs to improve. If they were holding something back, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't give a damn what the game plan is if you're not executing the things that you call. So execution needs to improve, and guys just need to go out there and be focused and and deliver the way they know they can. Second half TJ is the TJ we need to see every half. Factual. And I think that he can – I mean, that's where you're at, bro. That's where you're at. In, in your point of your career, you're on your second team and your third season getting a chance to start for a major college football team. Second half TJ has got to show up more than first half TJ. And if you're Robbie Ashford, same thing. I mean, look, listen, man, you're, the chances that you get are so small sometimes. That it, when you do get a chance, you just you have to go out there. And you have to make the most of, of the opportunity. I wonder, again, if we're using him correctly. The flow of a pass to run with Robbie, I'm not sure it's getting him you know, to B's point. I'm not sure he, him more so than TJ because he's got two facets to his game. I'm not sure we're allowing him to find a flow within the rhythm of the offense passing. I think it's very difficult to send somebody to go out there and run five times and then throw, throw, a ball, throw the ball. Right. That is harder, personally. So we're going to have to accept mistakes when we call on him to throw sometimes. But uh, the mistakes need to be minimal and they need to be more anomalous than they are right now because we're two games into the season. We've got uh, how many turnovers? Four turnovers? Yeah. Four turnovers. And we have not turned our opponent over once. Right. Do that again and we're talking about an L next week. Yeah. That's the bottom line. If they don't improve, we're talking about an L next week because Penn State, you can say what you want about what they lost and – Sean Clifford being mid, they're still a well-coached football team. James Franklin has a well-coached football team that knows what their expectations are, and they, you know, they will play to the max of whatever their ability is. That's what I expect from Penn State. So I don't care how mid they looked in the first two weeks. We're not beating them if we play like we did this week. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Ike, kind of your thoughts, just just kind of to summarize, just going into this week your thoughts on on where we are right now yeah i mean I, I said this a little bit last night i do expect the team to play better against penn state but it is unfortunate that um and i've seen some people in the uh, chat say this that the first half of this game felt reminiscent of 
the eight years prior to the Hartson administration where Mm -hmm. you have games where we inexplicably did not look like a team that belonged on the field. It just was like, what, what are you, what are we doing right now? The thing I will say is unlike the previous time, and I know people get mad when I start making these comparisons, it didn't seem like we were committed to a bad plan. The second half, they were like, all right, you know what? Throw all that out the window. We're going to do this. Because the second half looked nothing like the first half. Strategically, play calling, nothing. They went into the locker room and they said, this isn't working. We're going a different direction. And that different direction got us the win. I can't say that I have ever seen that to my recollection with the previous coaching staff. That's fair. We eked out wins. We didn't go 10 straight drives without a a score? Is that what you're saying? Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So they they were able to change directions. You you came out in the second half and you were like, oh, wow, they really did make adjustments. Mm -hmm. I don't recall seeing adjustments before. So that's the one thing I will say. Where I'm disappointed is the point that Brian, or really everybody has made, is the lack of focus from the whistle. From the very first kick, you've got to come in focused. And the lack of focus, not necessarily in, you know, um, we weren't breaking off 40-yard runs. I know everybody likes to see the big plays. It's the, it's the penalties, right? It's the, the, the holdings and false starts, right. the pass interference calls, the uh, offsides, the, the like procedural penalties where it's like, guys, what are we doing? You're letting them into this game by just screwing up, giving them short fields on interceptions, right. giving them free um, replays of downs, giving them first downs on penalties, negating long plays with stupid holding calls. Like you're doing all of the things that allow a lesser opponent into this game. It wasn't because I don't feel like we got out coached last night. We got out focused. Because let's be clear, San Jose State actually was screwing up a bunch. Yeah, it was their Super Bowl. It was definitely their Super Bowl. They screwed up a lot, and we just happened to screw up more in the first half which allowed them to stay in it. The second half, we cleaned it up, and we were like, all right, let's just go smash these boys. I kind of wish we had done that from the beginning and just got the W and got out of there. Mm-hmm. What I will say to the point of you know, the back-and-forth QB and nobody getting in rhythm, I 100%, and I said this last night, believe the plan was for Robbie Ashford to throw more in this game. They were going to let him drop back and operate the offense, and then he threw a pick. And they were like, I don't know if he's ready. Whatever apprehension was in the back of their mind about not just having him come in and be, you know, the Cordell Stewart slash player, right, who comes in with the athleticism, who can play quarterback, but we're really just going to use him for gadgets, right? Right. Whatever apprehension they had about that was amplified the minute he threw that interception because he got greedy on it, honestly. He did. He did. That was a a much better read on that play. He had an easy throw underneath. It wasn't a third down where he needed all of that. Absolutely. He saw saw his guy Landon King break open just beyond the linebacker, and he was like, I can hit him. And he undershot it. The better read, better throw. Again, not that Landon King wasn't open, because Landon was definitely open, but you got to make an amazing throw to get it there. Because it's got to go right over the linebacker and dip in in enough time for Landon to secure it before the DB closes. That's a real. That's the ultimate touch throw. That would have right. been like, it, like it's got. Know. It's got to be the perfect throw. Now right. it's there, but if you don't hit it, 
There's really only two options here. A third, if you're being careful, the first two, the first of those two options is what happens. You undershoot it and it either gets tipped or intercepted. The second one is you overshoot it and it gets intercepted. And the third is you miss to the sideline. Nobody catches it. I'd have rather the, th- the third of those three be- been the one that Robbie shot for. He right. shot for the perfect throw. It doesn't work in that scenario. Right. And so, again, because of what led to the interception, which is the decision Robbie made for I'm going to go for the big play here. They were like, he's not ready. And fair or fair or not, when when again, you have those apprehensions and you have a guy who, you know, has more command of the offense up and down, blah, blah, blah. He's going to get more opportunities to be able to rebound from that than Robbie is. You can say it's unfair all you want to. But when I have another option I can go to, I'm going to choose that option because I know what I have in Robbie is a great runner. So I can just keep putting him in and doing that. I don't have to put the burden of the offense on him. Right. Right. And and, and I and I can and and that's one that's what I say, Ike, when I use the word experimenting, I'm not committed to an experiment. Right. Right. I'm not committed to it. So if it if it blows up, if it doesn't work, I can always go back to TJ. They would right. pull Robbie after he makes a good play. So what do you think is going to happen if he makes a bad play? Right. 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 It's, it's an experimentation is what yeah. I'm saying. And so that's why I always felt like he always had a shorter leash than TJ. Even though if you yeah. ask the fans, they felt like Robbie should have the longer leash. Yeah. But the coaches understand that TJ, again, this is, this is more so my understanding of this coaching staff. They give a leash to people who they feel understands their offense the best. It's not, they're not looking at athletics and, and, and talent and all that. We know Robbie is gifted, but they feel confident in TJ. So for people clamoring, and you know, I, I saw Auburn memes uh, post something on Twitter, uh, someone in the student section saying, we want Calzada. Listen, if, T, if TJ at this point has to be injured, for any of those other guys in the room to get, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, he has to get injured or really get like, look like first half TJ for the rest of the yeah, season. If, if TJ he had did, come out in the second half, yeah, like first half TJ, he I has don't to think we really crap the bed. Yeah. Really crap the bed. But until that happens, if he's tinkering like this, the coaches are continuing to give him a leash until he gives them absolutely no reason to long, no longer do it. So I, I, that, that's just how I felt about it. I saw a lot of y'all's comments. It, it's, when you're doing that, it is difficult to get a rhythm, whether you're TJ or Robbie Ashford, which in the, in the end isn't fair to either one of them. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying identity for identity's sake. What are we what are we doing going into Penn State and give these guys a fair chance to operate the offense and show what they can do? 